Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So this episode is going to be an interesting one. And we're going to be talking about the Christmas Carol. Now, I realize Christmas is over. (laughs) <laughs> but we're going to be talking about Christmas Carol in a much different way, perhaps a way that you've never thought of before. And we're going to be talking about transforming Scrooge and Scrooge therapy and the blueprint for spiritual awakening with Joe Cusimano coming right up. Welcome to the Mental Health Today show. My name is John Cordray, and I am a licensed therapist, and I'm also the host of the Mental Health Today show, and I am so glad that you are here. And if you are listening to this at the day of it is released, you will know that Christmas has passed. (laughs) So we're talking about Christmas past, but that's okay. That's okay, because we're, we're going to be talking about the Christmas carol, but in a much different way, in a lens or framework of therapy, mental health therapy, if you will. So this is a really interesting. And my guest today, Joe, he is a licensed professional counselor, but he's been one since 1986. And he was the 43rd, 43rd person in the state of, I believe it was Missouri. It's Missouri, John. Yeah, to pass the national counselor's exam. 43rd person. And Joseph is the author of The Transforming Scrooge, which was published in 1996. And If You Build It, published in 1999. His first book is an analysis of Scrooge's transformation. It is now in digital form, the 25th anniversary. And Joseph was also the director of counseling at Lindenwood University from the years 2013 to 2017. And I am really excited about this. One, Joe and I are licensed in the same state of Missouri, but I didn't get my license until 2007. But I also went to Lindenwood University before he was a president and or director, I'm sorry, of the Counseling Center. So we do have some things in common. So Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. It's, uh, it's a real pleasure to be here. And it's great to talk about this book again. After this will be the 26 years since its publication. Wow. Well, that, that's been around for a while, but so has the Christmas Carol. So, you know, that's one of my favorites, all time favorites is, is watching the Christmas Carol. And there are lots of different variations of the Christmas Carol. But before we get into that, I am really curious. I want to learn a little bit about Joe Cusimano. Tell us a little bit of you and your story and your backstory. Well, I think. The most interesting thing about my backstory, John, is how I became a therapist in the first place. And it's sort of a tragic story. My father, when he was 55 years old, had a massive heart attack and died. It was fairly tragic because it took us several days to find him in his car, passed away. They did an autopsy. We found out that it was a massive heart attack. 
And I was 24 years old, newly married with one child uh, who was less than a, a year old. And I didn't do so well for about a year. And finally, my wife said to me quite wisely, you better get some help <laughs> or else we're going to be in big trouble. So I ended up going to therapy at the age of 25 and absolutely fell in love with it. I was a teacher. and I, don't, don't get me wrong. I love teaching. I was an English teacher. I was a reading specialist. But I also loved therapy and I found my calling, so to speak. So I went back to St. Louis University at that point and signed up through their School of Education for the Family Therapy Program. And it took me six years, but I ended up getting a license, a degree, a PhD in, in education in family therapy. And then the next year, 1987, is when Missouri started the LPC. And I was in that first group that year. So what I tell people is this, my father's passing gave me my true calling. And I'm, I hate the fact that he passed away so young, but something great came out of it because this is my true passion and my true calling. Yeah. And, and I think that you bring up a really good point. And some people may not realize this, but a lot of people who be, end up becoming a therapist, they're doing it out of their own hurt and pain from their own experiences. And, and, and they know how powerful therapy can be. And there's, so it's a way of giving back to others out of their hurt and pain. And I think that's, you just laid it out very clearly, an unfortunate, very tragic event that happened to your father. But because of that event, that kind of transformed your journey, if you will, into becoming a therapist. And my goodness, you've been doing this for a long time. Well, let's see. I got my degree at the age of 32 or 33, and I continued to teach throughout the day and then did part-time therapy in the evenings for about 20 years until 2005 when I retired, and then I went full-time. So yeah, I've been, I've been a therapist, I mean, full-time therapist longer than you went to you went to Lindenwood. <laughs> well, and I also like the fact that you said that you retired and then you went full time. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I'll, listen, I'm never going to retire. I'll retire from teaching. I, I retired from teaching twice, once as a public school English teacher, reading specialist, then as director of counseling and assistant professor in Lindenwood. And then COVID hit. And then I became this, quite interestingly, I worked from home and I had accumulated some licenses. So I started working in Missouri, Illinois, and of all places, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Massachusetts, because I love New England. And I had actually talked about moving to Vermont. So I got a license there years ago, kept it, and then they all came into play. So right now, I actually do counseling in five states from home. Wow. Yeah. Hey, that's similar to me. I I have three state licenses, so I do the same, all remote work from, from home. And, you know, that's a topic for another episode because that is something that I know a lot of therapists who are trying to figure out, do they want to stay in the office or stay in the, in the organization that they're working at, or do they want to go out on their own? So that's a whole nother topic. We, we can go on and on. I know we could. Absolutely. Yeah, we could. With that, yes. But let's bring it back to the Christmas Carol. Let's talk a little bit about Scrooge. I'm really interested to hear 
Uh, you wrote this book for a reason so long ago. So I'd love to hear your take on uh, the Christmas Carol and, and in particular the book, because yes, Christmas is over, but it's still the concept is very fascinating that I think that even if it's your, you said it's in the 26th anniversary, go get it and, and read it because I think you're going to find this very fascinating. So Joe, let's, let's talk a little bit about Scrooge. Okay. So Charles Dickens wrote A Christmas Carol. And I think a lot of people know the story now, especially through the movie, The Man Who Invented Christmas, which came out three or four years ago. A great little film. It really is. But it showed us the process of him writing a story he thought for money in six weeks. So he started writing this Christmas story in October of 1843, and it hit the shelves on December 19th. 1843. Fast, quick, make some money, get it out by Christmas. It sold out. He was happy. However, people started ripping the book off and he was suing people left and right. Before you knew it, um, he actually lost money on the actual book. But what came out of his unconscious, I believe, out of his, uh, out of the archetypes were these wonderful characters and Scrooge being the most famous one. This is the this story, A Christmas Carol, is the most adapted story of all time, of any novels. It's it's the one that's been done over and over and over again in many different manifestations. Now I'll, I'll talk eventually about the one that I have a lot of interest in, which is the FX A Christmas Carol, especially for therapists, because from a cinematic point of view, if you have clients that have child abuse issues, unresolved post-traumatic stress from childhood. This is a case study, that movie. And I really believe what's based upon what Dickens gave us about Scrooge in that, and this is the important part, John, that I love that every movie up until the 2019 FX Christmas Carol missed is that when old Scrooge went back to the boarding school that his father sent him to as a child, he saw young Scrooge hallucinate and see fictional characters out the window, Alibaba, Valentine, Robinson Crusoe, and old Scrooge started to cry. And my understanding and belief is that when a person is that abandoned and that isolated, they start hallucinating. It's a way of leaving from the pain and abandonment that he was going through at that boarding school. So young Scrooge was very, very, very deeply affected by this isolation. It's almost like a deprivation tank he was put in at Christmas time. Can't think of anything worse for a kid. And the boarding school was not a nice one. It was run down. It was cold. The food was bad. This is 19th century England. It's not a wonderful, <laughs> you know, Disney movie, right? So. You have to read into it a little bit to understand the severity of what he was trying to get across with the character Scrooge and what he went through. And by the way, what Charles Dickens himself went through at about the same age with his father going to prison and him being made to go out on his own amongst the streets of London and fend for himself. So, I mean, he never forgot his childhood abandonment either. And it came out through Scrooge and many, many other characters in his many books. 
We'll be back after a quick break. Hi, this is Ross, the host of Smells Like Humans. Each week, we talk about the curious things that people do. This show is for you when you're in the mood for unscripted, lighthearted conversation, personal stories, and just a smattering of psychology and information you can use. I promise we will make your day pass a little faster and put a smile on your face. Sometimes silly, sometimes serious, but always fun. Please join us, because no matter who you are, we all smell like humans. Please follow the link in the show notes. Well, I think that's very interesting that you would bring that out because I think a lot, there, there are going to be people who are listening to this that are not necessarily therapists, but people who are can relate to that. And maybe they've had some childhood abandonment and abuse in their in their background. And, and maybe this is going to bring out a whole new light when they watch The Christmas Carol. It could be triggering to a lot of people. Well, I will I will say this. The the FX 2019 a Christmas carol, you better go if you're going to watch it, go into it with your eyes wide open because it it can very well be triggering. Now, I belong to a group of people on Facebook that love the Christmas carol and I have a page just for this version. Uh, it's for people who love it. But for everyone who loves it, there are other people that are ultimately shocked, surprised, saddened, hurt, and upset by this very same movie because they're not ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think a, a trigger warning could be really uh, important. And the, the thing is, is that the, the, the people who wrote this, and it was done in, in, in Britain, is, um, and, and Guy Pierce plays Scrooge, kind of a different kind of a Scrooge, a little younger, wonderful actor. Great movie on so many levels, the music, the production, the writing. The story is so different in so many ways, but so similar in so many ways. But, I mean, it gets down to a lot of sexual abuse content. And if you're not ready for that, you know, just beware because it's there. If you are ready for it, it could be a marvelous experience. And it lets us know that even Charles Dickens in the middle of the 19th century understood what a lot of people understand today about those kind of horrible chronic problems and post-traumatic stress issues that people still deal with on a daily basis in 2022. Oh, absolutely. And will continue to struggle with that for years to come. This is perennial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So- Okay, so we'll come back to the 2019 Christmas Carol. But let's let's talk a little bit more about your book that you wrote. Really, it's still the Christmas Carol, um, but it wasn't about the 2019. Uh, yours, yours was published way back in 1996. So tell us, first of all, what gave you the idea? Like, why did you write a book on this? Oh, God, John, you, you asked such wonderful questions. This was at the time of the change in the millennium. Around the late 1990s, there was the New Age movement going on, a lot of interest in spirituality. And I had read Marianne Williamson, who, by the way, ran for president a couple of years ago. She had written a book called A Return to Love, and it struck me hard. And one of the things that that I got from that book was to kind of go inside and to 
try to conjure up something within yourself that would make sense to you that you would enjoy learning more about. And what popped up, and this was, by the way, after Christmas now, in January of 1990, I guess it was 93, because I wrote it in 94. Uh, I'll take it back. It was January of 94, okay? So I got an image in my head of a Christmas carol and went to the public library and read it and read it again and read it again and read it again. And the more I read, the more I was associating it with things like the near-death experience, the alien abduction, and the kundalini awakening, you know? So, and those all three are treatments that are presented in the book. Scrooge as having gone through a near-death experience, a life review. Scrooge going through a kundalini awakening where his chakras transform from animal chakras to spiritual chakras. Then he talked about the alien abduction. And if you read the Christmas Carol carefully, it appears that he's being abducted by the ghost of the past. He doesn't want to go. He goes against his will. So everything, John, that I'm, I'm reading in the Christmas Carol that, that Charles Dickens wrote, I'm seeing this in those three themes. And it just it, it came to a head. And I said I could write a book. and. My daughter, who was about nine at the time, on one particular Sunday said, Dad, what's wrong with you? And I said, I'm not quite sure, but I know I'm going to write a book. And a song came to my head, John, by a group called Oingo Boingo, and it was called Dead Man's Party. I didn't really know the words, but it was a very interesting little song with a very upbeat tempo to it. And I was kind of half singing it all day long, and she had an ice skating lesson that night. And and this is the God's truth. She said to me, Dad, why don't you shut up and let's turn the radio on so we can hear the song. And she hit the button. She hit the button and the song started. It was nine years old at the time. It took me a year to go back and look at the song, the words to it. But it's about a man who has one last chance to make it. He was invited to a dead man's party. If that's not what Scrooge went through, I don't know what it was, you know? It even mentioned the coins on the eyes in the song. And I didn't know any of that. You know how you know a song, but you really don't know the song? And it was also written by, the song was written by Danny Elfman, an elf man, you know, Christmas. And it was a part of, Elfman also wrote The Nightmare before Christmas. And this is what Charles Dickens said. A Christmas Carol is a ghost story. It's a nightmare before Christmas. So I think archetypally, I was onto something. I see that as a major synchronicity, what happened that day. So I held off for several months until that summer. So in the summer of 1994, I let myself go. I wrote 10 hours a day for two months and wrote the book. Wow. So you you did a lot of research, and I would imagine you probably watched it and read the book over and over again, like you said. Is it primarily about Scrooge, or are there some other characters in it as well that you talk about? Of course. I mean, you have his nephew who kept inviting his uncle over for Christmas dinner, and every year he would wish him a happy, a happy New Year, come over for Christmas, and Scrooge would tell him to get lost. You know, you had Tiny Tim. And Bob Cratchit, his employee and his family, 
and how poor they were and how Tim was handicapped, right? And we have this very stingy, hard-hearted man who's the boss of Bob Cratchit. And it's just a beautiful reversal at the end. You know, a lot of the movies make a huge deal about the, the transformation of Scrooge, and some of them are really fun. They really are. But the truth is, is that it wasn't it wasn't like, you know, fireworks going off in, in some ways. It was more about subtle things. I'm going to give you a raise. I'm going to endeavor to help your family. I'm going to make sure Tiny Tim gets the help that he needs. And so all those things occurred once Scrooge went through his, his night of transformation. And what he had to do ultimately was come to terms with his own death. If he didn't change, if things stayed the same, then he was headed down a path toward no one caring. And what it took for him was what I call the triple connection of woundedness. His own childhood woundedness, his abandonment, the woundedness that he saw in Tiny Tim, who was physically wounded and couldn't walk, and Jesus Christ, the wounded Savior. Once Scrooge caught that, and and somebody said that Dickens, there, there's nothing religious in A Christmas Carol, there's a whole page where he talks about the wounded Savior. And so, but it's not just the wounded Savior. Scrooge becomes the wounded Savior also. He becomes the Savior of Tim. And this is a little bit of an aside, John, but I love this. I think Tim, a lot of people wonder, well, what did he have? What caused him to not be able to walk and have to be on crutches? And I believe it was Ricketts, because if you have a vitamin D deficiency, then you're, it's going to affect your bones. And so with better food, more money for the family, and some, some enlightened doctoring, Tiny Tim walked again. He didn't die. Yeah, and it's also, it could be a blueprint for making amends and in, in wanting to make things right again. So many people, I'm sure you have talked to, I've talked to, therapists talked to, that really have had, they look, back at their their life and they regret it. There's a lot of things that they did that they regret and they're still alive and they can go back and they can talk to and make things right. And, and kind of like that, like you said, transforming their life again, because the life is not over. They can go back and start over. And I see that's what Scrooge did. Well, especially with his nephew. And I mean, it's so heartrending in the book in that he decided to go to his nephew's house for dinner the next day. And it took him 13 marches back and forth in front of the door because he could, before he could muster the courage to knock on it, because what he was afraid of, which is what he was always afraid of, John, was rejection, abandonment. And when he knocked, nephew Fred said, Uncle come in. Now, the interesting thing is in the 2019 Christmas Carol, there's a twist to that. He goes to his uncle and he says, my mother told me there's something about you that was hurt in childhood and that I should forgive you. He said, I've come year after year after year to see you. And every year you tell me to get lost. He goes, my wife has told me, and I agree that this will be my last attempt. So if I walk out this door today, it may very well be the last time you see me. That was quite different and kind of an interesting take. But of course, we know that you have to project and assume that he did show up. So it still has the same outcome. The 2019 version is just so different, so much darker. 
and so and so brilliant in so many hard ways, hard ways. Yeah, it's interesting that both of them, though, talk about hurt and pain and loss. It's all woundedness. It is. And that, and that is transferable no matter where you're from and on how old you are. And, and this was Christmas time, but it could be any time of the year. It could affect anyone in the world, any time, any age. So there's a lot of similar things here that we can look at the Christmas carol and the struggle of Scrooge and, and how he was transformed. We can look at that and then we can look at our own life and we can be similar things to that. I love what you said about the chance to go back and make amends. And there's a lot of ways to do that. Sometimes even 12-step people will say you, you go back and make amends if you can, if it's not going to be harmful to the person, you know. So, But there's a lot of other ways to make amends if you can't do it that way. And my other book, which is called If You Build It, is about the wonderful baseball movie Field of Dreams, where Ray Kinsella the farmer makes amends with his dead father on the baseball field and they play catch. So, I mean, that's a different way to make amends by coming to terms with what happened between them and ending their lives angry at each other, you know? So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of beautiful ways to make amends. If you have the opportunity to really make amends and to say, I'm sorry, and I, I just wish that people had the opportunity to be able to say, I screwed up. I didn't understand. I see the light. <laughs> I really do see the light now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there are times when someone tries to seek forgiveness and the other person may not receive it. That can happen. Yeah, it can. It can happen a lot. And But I always tell people forgiveness helps you. It's to release this thing that you're hanging on to. And if the other person's not going to receive it, that's on them, but that's not on you. Well, and also, and also, John, letting go is important to me as a therapist. I, I tell people, if you let go of the pain from the past, the person who may have caused you pain and suffering may not ever be brought to justice or, or learn the truth. But if you let go, it's no longer harming you. You're, you're taking that power away, you know, which is a, that's a beautiful thing. And not only that, but you can pay it forward too. So in some ways, when I became a therapist, I mean, I love being a teacher. Once I understood what therapy was about, my job became to help other people, you know? So that's the type of pain forward. Yeah, no doubt. And, and so I think it's very important to be thinking how does this relate to our life? And it's easy to think, well, this was just a show. This was just a movie or it was just a book, but it was a book about real life. And there are things that we can learn from it and we can apply it to our life. And, and so, yeah, I think a big theme is letting go in seeking or asking or extending forgiveness. So, so important. That's a great lesson. I always tell people that, that in some way we're all Scrooge. <laughs> we all have a, we have a shadow, we have a dark side, right? And so it's not just watching him change and become a different person. It's about us. What is our Scrooge? You know, it may not be the kind he was. It could be a different kind of Scrooge. But I mean, we all have to come to that reality, you know, that it's, it's there for everyone to learn from. That's what makes it such a beautiful archetypal universal story is that no matter when it's presented, it makes sense. And the newest manifestation is what I call the Me Too version, which is the 2019 version. You know, 
So it, it relates to the time period that it's been when these films are made. It seems to relate to those time periods very well. And the story lends itself to it every time. You know, John, this we're, we're taping on the winter solstice, December 21st, the darkest day of the year, right? I love the metaphor of that for the holiday because what did Scrooge do other than die to his old animal, selfish, angry self? And the tiny light of spirituality came through and he was reborn on the day of Christ's birth and the rebirth of the sun. You know, so we're, we're talking about some profound things going on in this story. And I think people may not realize how deep a story it is. Even George Bailey in It's a Wonderful Life. If we think about that, he was going to commit suicide. Yeah, right. Right. That's very dark. Yeah. It really is. Well, I, I think you really hit on some really interesting topics that relate to, I would say, everybody at some level. And we're, our, our episode is coming to a close here, but what would be what would be something, a takeaway that you would say that we all can learn from, from Scrooge, from the Christmas Carol? Well, the, the one thing that I, I find is, especially when I go online, I, lo I love to go to Facebook, to the Christmas Carol page or my page or whatever. And, and people are always saying this version is better than that version, you know, that kind of thing. My, my big takeaway is, that in every version that was ever made, there's good in it. A lot of people say, oh, no, the 51 version with Alistair Sim, by far the best version, forget them all. I don't believe that's true. I think you have to incorporate and understand and get every single one of them, including, and I'm going to make a prediction, this 2019 version, which back in 1951, the movie that everyone now says is the cream of the crop, you know, it's the best one. The reviewers said it, they said it sucked. <laughs> and there's a lot of reviewers today who are saying the same thing about the 2019 version. I think in the next 10 to 20 or 30 years, it's going to be ranked up there with the best of the best. But they all have great things for kids. You know, there's a 38 version that a lot of people say it's too fast and it's too slick. But for kids, it's an hour long. It was made in 1938. Scrooge was kind of a grumpy old guy. There was good music in it. It just gets the kids into the story. It has its worth and value. The Mickey Mouse version, the Mr. Magoo version, the musicals. <laughs> I mean, they all have something wonderful to them. And so I, I want people to stay open to the whole spectrum of A Christmas Carol. I like that. And speaking of of your book. I'm sure that people can go to Amazon and find that. Again, it's called Transforming Scrooge, Scrooge Therapy and a Blueprint for Spiritual Awakening. And I'll have that in the show notes, the link that you can go right to that book as well. And Joe, before I let you go, though, that's something I ask all of my guests. And it's about self-care because I talk about self-care all the time, and I'm sure you probably do as well. What are some things that you do that maybe some top two or three things that you do for your self-care? I love John to learn. So I, I spend a lot of time watching biographies, reading biographies, and I, I just joined, but it's got the great courses. I get the great courses, anthropology, psychology, mindfulness, mathematics, science, 
but I just joined Wondrum, which means that you can you have access to everything that they have. So, and, and that's online. So that to me, it's a little nerdish, I guess, but I love I love to learn. And there's nothing better for me to sit watching something that's fulfilling my soul. <laughs> you don't like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's great. Excellent. Well, Joe, it was a real pleasure talking with you and having you come on and, and talking to us about Scrooge and about the Christmas Carol and just unpacking that from a mental health perspective. Excellent insights. So I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much, John. And I know it's past Christmas, so I can't say Merry Christmas, but Happy New Year. And and let's let's try to get Scrooge out there outside of just December. I think that's the key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no doubt. Well, and I want to thank you, my listeners, for tuning in to this. This has been a, a real special treat to talk about this. And and like we said, it doesn't have to be Christmas time to talk about what we can learn from Scrooge, from the Christmas Carol, and how we can apply it to our own life. There's a lot to learn there. And so I want you to continue working on your mental health. And remember, the Mental Health Today show has been transforming and helping your mental health since 2015. Take care, my friends. Bye-bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.